We are just one day away from the Utah Utes and Florida Gators facing off in the season opener at Rice-Eccles Stadium. And on today's Locked On Utes, we're breaking down the individual matchups that are going to define who wins this contest. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Newts your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcasts. This day's episode is sponsored by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's all caps, no spaces, LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, for $20 off your first purchase. And that includes, if you guys are looking for last-minute tickets to what should be the best game in the nation to begin the college football season, at least as it pertains to week one, not week zero, of course, but week one, this Thursday, August 31st. Like and subscribe. This is your first time listening to our show. I'd love to react to you guys in the comments on social media at Lockdown Utes or my personal handle at JT Wistersill. All viable options. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're talking about the specific matchups. Well, yesterday, I talked about all the factors why I thought that Utah should be favored and will win the game. Today, we're looking at like O line versus D line for the Utes and the Gators. We're going to dive into that kind of stuff first. So let's start with Utah's offense, which obviously there's still a big kind of caveat or like just question mark uh whatever it's just basically a something to designate like question mark like this is an incomplete grade or incomplete analysis because we don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback for utah still it could be cam rising it could be bryson barnes and it could be nate johnson and each of those guys will the game will just be different no matter who is starting the game plan especially if cam starts and is that 90, 85 to 90 range in which I expect that he would be in order to be out on the field playing. I think pretty much everything is going to be on the table, except for I don't expect a lot of fourth and short cam rising runs. I just don't think they're going to want to test the injury that bad in the, or just have him go into that many car crashes as you know, it kind of is during a football game when you run in between the tackles. I just think at that point you could see whether a Nate Johnson come in, maybe Quentin Jackson would even come in a specific wildcat formation. So that's the only thing I don't see on the table is a lot of the quarterback run stuff. If cam does play, but everything passing wise will be available out there. And if Bryson Barnes is the one who's starting, I think a, a still a decent amount will be there. I think that they might take a shot or two. They made some big pass, pass plays last year against Washington state when Bryson was running the offense and money parks and Jalen Dixon, both, grabbed in big balls for Utah doubt. I believe it was 15 plus yards down the field that helped out Utah's passing game, but there would be a lot more explosive pass plays. Obviously if Cam was starting because Cam is the best quarterback on this roster with what he's accomplished, the arm talent, the ability to escape pressure, all that kind of stuff. And if uh, Nate Johnson starts, of course, expect a lot of running, but I still think they would allow him to throw the ball and they're not going to put him out there if they don't trust him to throw the ball. And I think he'll do a good job. And I think it would be a similar thing to what if Bryson's out there, we'll see some of the playbook opened up, but I just don't expect as many shots to be taken. And it's not like this is the world's most explosive offense anyways, but uh, regardless of who is that quarterback, how are they going to fare against this Florida secondary? Well, it's a solid Florida secondary. I think Jason Marshall Jr. is really good, right? He is 
a guy who some people have in the first round of the 2024 NFL draft. So I think the battle between him and Devon Bailey is going to be a lot of fun. I wouldn't be surprised if Devon Bailey was held under 50 yards. And I also think Devon Bailey could definitely get the better of Marshall in this one, just because of how long Bailey is. That wingspan is something that's good. It just catch radius gives DBs a lot of problems. So I definitely think there's a chance that Bailey can still have a good game in this one and have a hundred yard game, but also a possibility that Marshall can win this matchup. So I think that's going to be fun to watch those two battle it out. As for the rest of the Florida secondary, it's a good mix of kind of seasoned vets and then young high contributors that are going to come in early on like four four stars and just high recruits in general that are going to be asked to step up right away and make big plays. And they're going to be able to do that potentially break up a big pass or two or something like that. But once again, it's a lot of, it's this mix of veterans and young contributors. That kind of sounds like Utah's receiving core as well, right? When you get Devon Vele, Money Parks has been doing it for over a year now. Emory Simmons comes in on a transfer. There's a lot of new factors there. Just like they have some new guys transferring on their defense just in general too. So with this Utah receiving core, I think they're going to make some plays just like a guy like Mikey Matthews. He's a young contributor coming in for this Utah team. I expect him to make some plays. I think this is going to be a great battle. The Utah passing attack versus the Florida secondary. I think it'll be back and forth. I think Utah will move the ball through the air and score some through the air. I also think there will be drives third and long Florida breaks up a big pass play. And there you go. Utah's offense has to head off the field. I, I think this is a good matchup overall. I do. I think this Florida secondary is very solid. And I think Utah's passing attack, especially if cams in there is going to be very solid. And if Bryson's in there, I don't expect Bryson or Nate to throw for 250 yards in this one. I'd love to be surprised and have that happen, but I still think they'll be able to complete some passes. And I don't think Utah will be like, oh, of nine on third down on third and long. If like Nate and Bryson are in there, they will make a couple plays. Just won't be as many if Cam made. Now, of course, the big thing to me, especially in this matchup, but a lot of just matchups in general this year is going to be talking about the, the Utah offensive line versus the opponent's defensive line. I truly believe games are won and lost in the trenches. When you look at every really good team from the past few years, it, any pretty much any level of college football, they're really dominant on the, in the line of scrimmage in general. And as it relates to the offensive line, the best way to have a great rushing attack is to have an offensive line that can open things up for your star backs and then protect your quarterback and give the receivers time to get open downfield. So is Utah going to be able to do that against the Florida Gators? I believe for the most part they will, but this is another really good battle to me because when you're looking at that interior of the Florida Gators defensive line, you got Desmond Watson, who's 449 pounds. He's back after last year. It was pretty good in his first game for the Gators a year ago. You also got some transfers coming in from Memphis and Louisville and Cam Jackson and Caleb Banks, who I think are going to do a good job. I think those guys will make plays on the interior. There will be running plays where Utah only gets two yards because those guys stood up a double team or shed the block and just made a tackle for a limited game. Could be some tackles for losses mixed in there as well. So I, I do think they'll make some plays. But the Utah offensive line is going to have success, too. I think whoever's starting for center at Utah, teaming up with what we expect to be Keaton Bills and Mokafisi as well, they'll be able to get that push as well and work their way up to the second level. I think the Utah interior offensive line will be able to do that. I think Utah has an advantage if they can get to the second level on these Florida linebackers. And I do think Florida has some decent linebackers, too. I think they're capable of making plays. But this is an offensive line that's just done a sensational job all year long, and I expect that to continue in this – or excuse me, in the previous year, Utah's offensive line did a good job. They got three guys back, and if you include Maia as well with how much he played a year ago, that's a lot. Then you just get Fano as a new guy at left tackle. I'm curious how he'll factor into things. So I do feel good about Utah winning some on the interior, and – of the offensive line and they'll lose some with that Florida Gators defensive line too. Outside of that, let's look to the outside. Uh, Florida Gators have one of the best NFL prospects in edge rusher, Princely Umanyelin. And I apologize for mispronounce that name. I did, did do my best to listen to the pronunciation on that one. But uh, when you talk about uh, Princely 4.5 sacks last year, five QB hurries, and he's going to play next to Tyreek Tyreek snap or sap, excuse me. I do think this is the one where the Gators, they could make some plays here. I mean, this is Fano's first ever game. Clark Phillips was really good for Utah. 
Lander Barton was pretty good for Utah last year too. They did not play their best in their very first game. It's the reason I'm down on these Gators receivers because they haven't played a game of college football yet. I know they're very high recruits. They could be good, but usually your first game is not your best. So I do think that I'm interested to see how Fano, if he does get to start battles against these experienced edge rushers overall. And I think it is going to be a great battle back and forth on both sides. I wouldn't be surprised too if Fano does get beat early. Let's, Utah uses a running back or a tight end to kind of chip like a Makai Bernard as he's leaking out for a short little route, just chip on Ulumani. That way he can't get into the backfield because once you chip a guy, it's just, it's really hard. It basically would be a coverage sack in order for him to get home. That or it would just be just an incredible play. And also say this about Uman Yelly. He's a really good player. He did only have 4.5 sacks last year. I know it's projected for him to be very good. He could be very good in the first game. It's not a guarantee that he's going to walk in and be this dominant force and just this guy who's going to take the NFL by storm. And he, like I said, he's a projected first-round pick. It's not like he's a projected top 10 pick right now based on what I've seen. So it could be very good. Also could, could just have a fine game. Could be held without a sack. Maybe broke in, made pressure once or twice. I thought Brian Cox played very well last year for this Florida Gators defensive line. And we'll see if, Umanielli can do the same thing this year because uh, they'll definitely have the chance to as well. But I do believe it's going to be a great back and forth battle between the offensive line, the defensive line, and both the run game and the pass rush. Because like I said, Florida has some okay linebackers. Um, I, I should say even just like one I really like, because when you talk about Shamir James, he's a guy who registered 47 tackles last year. But then when you talk about Williams and Mitchell, the other two guys, I just based on what I've read and looked at, I expect to be the primary guys. Mitchell lost his job at Ohio State. I know it's like, well, he started at Ohio State. Yeah, but that was when Ohio State's defense was really struggling in 21. And then he was injured in 22. But even when he played a little bit before that, he didn't play a lot because he just wasn't doing a good enough job out there. Then Williams just had 14 total tackles last year. So one guy where you're like, okay, he's really good. And then the rest of the guys, you're like, ah, could they be good? Maybe, but they're a little unproven. And when one got an opportunity, he wasn't good enough to keep his starting job. That's something to keep in mind. So, and those guys will be able to make tackles on Jaquindon and Makai in space. But I definitely think Jaquindon and Makai, Jalen Glover, whoever's carrying the ball for Utah in that regard, I think they'll be able to break, break out some of these tackles. Utah's going to have 10, 12-yard runs. It kind of took till the second half for Tavion Thomas in this rushing attack for the Utes last year to really get going. I think they'll get going even earlier this year. I, like I said, I just think they're going to have a really good game on the ground. And I think it'll be a back and forth one too. They'll make Florida Gators deep front seven will make some plays. Utah's offensive line and running game will make some plays too overall. So it's going to be fun to see these teams go back and forth at it. I do think Utah will be able to establish their running game on some drives and on other drives. They're probably going to go three and out, or maybe you get two first downs and then you stall at midfield. That's it's going to be a very good battle. The Utah offense versus the Florida defense. I would give the Utah offense a slight edge because of how long they've played together and just the level they've, of success they've achieved together. But Florida Gators have a lot of have a lot of talent and they showed a lot of promise at times last year defensively of what could they could be. So I do think they will make it tough on the Utes offense at times, but I do think when we look back on it, I think Utah will have slightly won this matchup against the Gators defense. But I believe on the other side of the ball is really where Utah is going to win this game. I think the Utah defense is in for a big game against Graham Mertz and this Florida Gators offense. And we are going to discuss why I believe that in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our great friends at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They have flash deals on last-minute tickets and it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They even offer images of the seats so you guys can see, ah, is that a good view? I'm not sure. It gives you that option. It does it for the Utah-Florida game as well. It's something I've looked at personally too so lots of great options there the game time also offers a guarantee it's the game time guarantee which means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent 
of the difference. So download the Game Time app and create an account and use the code Locked On College. That's all caps, no spaces. Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code with Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, low price guaranteed. I also want to talk to you guys about another very exciting thing we have going on here at the Locked On College Network. College football season is here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On College will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry game, and go in-depth like only Locked On can deliver deliver including insight and analysis from our stable of locked on college hosts for example this friday's show very well could feature whatever i say depending on the result of the utah florida matchup because once again it's going to be the game and the marquee story of week one which is really exciting that utah is involved in the marquee game and the marquee story for week one of the college football season but once again find locked on college football kickoff live every friday from 11 a.m to 1 p.m et on locked on college youtube channel you won't want to miss it and as i mentioned too it'll just be available on our own our own channel as well just the locked on use format we'll have it linked under there so 11 to 1 p.m eastern time make sure you guys check that out to get more of the coverage from just what's going to be a great week once late of college football and each week an awesome slate of college football but let's move on from the what should be a fun Saturday to focusing on first what's right in front of us and less than 48 hours away in Utah, taking on Florida. Let's talk about this Utah defense versus the Florida Gators offense. This is where I really like Utah's advantage. I said, as I really dive into everything and I, I look at it, I think this is where Utah will really win this game. Last year it was Utah's defense that got gashed kind of early, especially in the first half, they played better in the second half and then the offense had to play catch up. And then of course, Cam had the turnover. I think Utah's a really good chance to lead for this whole game. Will that happen? Possibly not. I'll say this. I think Utah will be leading at the half. And obviously, I think that will carry over into the second half. And we'll dive into more predictions of exact score and who's going to go off and everything uh, tomorrow. Though I've kind of alluded to who I think is going to go off based on these matchup breakdowns a little bit, uh, too. But look, this Utah defense, I've mentioned this before. At home last year, they only allowed 16 points per game. I think Florida will get slightly more than that. But I don't see them getting over 30 because it's only something the Heisman Trophy winner has done when he faced Utah at home, he's the only one who's done it in the past four years and what Caleb Williams did last year. So do you think this Utah defense will be able to hold them under 30 because of the continuity they have coming back? And it's because of this defensive line that improves so much over the course of last season. I think they're going to do a much better job slowing down the Gators rushing attack, the pass rush much improved for this Florida team last year. And also just the simple personnel difference between trying to get a sack on Graham Mertz and Anthony Richardson is a massive difference. Anthony Richardson, I remember Van Fillinger breaking in the backfield, multiple guys breaking in the backfield. Anthony Richardson, just a mammoth of a man, so they couldn't bring him down. They're not going to have that issue with Graham Mertz. Will he maybe escape a sack or two? Sure. But he ain't running for the long touchdown we saw in which Richardson leaped over Clark Phillips in the end zone. That's not going to happen. Richardson led this Gators team in rushing last year. And the best thing I like about this Gators offense, I will say, I think Johnson and ETN, they're both really good. So they're going to make some plays. They're going to break some tackles. But overall, it's not it, the quarterback run game isn't going to be something they have to worry about. The read option last year really gave Utah fits with Richardson's legs and what he was able to do. That's not something that's going to be as much of an issue this year. And also because Utah's defensive ends are more seasoned, I vividly remember, remember Connor O'Toole being presented with that same type of read option play against USC in the Pac-12 championship game that Florida threatened him with earlier in the season. And he 
just did such a better job defending against USC because he'd had all those games rep. He was more comfortable, more in that kind of shape. And as well, too, at that time, I think whoever it was, I want to say it was Caleb Williams still running that read option, even though his, he was a little hobbled. Obviously, Richardson a little bit better of a runner to that point than a hobbled Caleb Williams, but um, but still. So I just I really like this Utah front, this defensive line, as I said, the experience and what they showed last year. I think they're in for a much better and bounce back season than what we saw last year. And we'll see much more what we saw them trending upwards to because of all the key contributors outside of a, Oh, I'm so mad at myself. I'm blanking on the pass rusher's name. Um, Gabe Reed. There it is. Gabe Reed leaving last year. That's the only guy they lost, but I really like everyone they brought in or just brought back. That's, that's what's nice about this Utah team. They brought back more pieces than this Florida Gators team did. And this Utah team brought back pieces to a team that was back-to-back Pac-12 champions that went to the Rose Bowl versus this Florida Gators roster is bringing back a team that barely squeaked into a bowl-eligible situation and really had a down year by their standards and what they were expecting overall. And yes, they beat Utah last year, but that was on the road They for Utah. They were home. Utah's much better at home than they are on the road. And this is an environment the Gators, once again, the altitude, they're not going to have a lot of time to acclimate to it. They're going to get tired, and I think it's going to wear them out pretty quickly. And I think Utah, because and the extra motivation from losing last year in Utah, getting clowned again by a lot of the national media or just national fans, I should say, who say, like, oh, Utah can't play SEC ball. Utah remembers that. They, they keep those receipts, and they're going to be ready to play come this game too. And just continuing with the matchups too, just even on Florida's side, this is Graham Mertz's first game starting in a new offense. You very rarely have your first game starting in a new offense, especially on the road in a non-conference situation. And Florida Gators haven't played a non-conference road game outside of the state of Florida since 91. I wasn't even born yet. (laughs) That's how long ago. It was a long time ago. And it's, there's a reason it's nicer to stay close to home. It's more of a comfort thing, all that. It's just, you play better in your own, in your own environment. Right. And they're not going to play their best game at Utah. We know that for a fact this season, especially with how many new pieces they have. And Mertz, it's going to take him time to get acclimated, to adjust to this offense. They'll need to go through growing pains, as most transfers do. It doesn't always, yes, sometimes Caleb Williams and you goes to you at USC and it clicks instantly. But that's also Caleb Williams, the guy who won the Heisman Trophy, not Graham Mertz, who's thrown over 10 interceptions in back-to-back seasons and was booed out of town by Badgers fans. That's that's the reality of the situation, what it is. And I know, I think Brandon Olson of Locked On Gators has made very fair criticisms about Wisconsin offense. Graham Mertz is not going to come in his very first game and I just think light up this Utah defense and do what only that Caleb Williams did in the first half against Utah last year, really. And I know UCLA made some plays as well, too, overall. But I was talking about at Utah. It's just something that doesn't happen. So why would I think it's going to happen? And because, too, this offensive line is brand new. Uh, Matt Patton of Rivals had a really good tweet, I thought, in which he talked about their the starting offensive line for the Gators. He talked about Mazuka is a Baylor transfer, 10 career starts, and he had offseason soldier surgery. So is he going to be 100%? I'm not sure. It's kind of the same thing if Cam Rising's out there. I don't expect Cam to be 100%, right? Then you move on from there. You get Leonard's got two career starts. Slaughter with zero starts. Damian George Jr. is a Bammer transfer with three career starts. Then you get Austin Barber with five career starts. That's not a lot of starts amongst that line. Even like that's what Johnny Maia is a guy who has like three or four starts, not Satala Laumea, Keaton Bills, even Mokafisi playing the majority of games last season. And yes, Fano's the new guy in this Utah offensive line. It is my biggest question mark. And I, like I also mentioned, I think that they might have to have him chip and help get some help a little bit in those situations. If Florida's, if Princely, their edge rusher for the Gators, that's a lead, does start get going and get hot early just because it is Fano's first game. But I think Fano can hold his own. I do think by the end, if he's just matched up one-on-one, Princely would be the favorite there for what he's accomplished at the college level, which is obviously a lot more than Fano in general. But 
going to be something that's interesting to monitor and see. But uh, going back to this Florida offensive line, it's new. And they're going to be playing. They're going to get tired playing in the altitude. It's going to get loud. So the communication is going to be a factor as well. And I just think that I think Utah's defensive line, especially on third and long, they're going to be able to dial up some creative blitzes like Morgan Scally always does. Linebackers, defensive ends. I think they're going to get home. I think this Utah defense will have over three sacks in this game. I think they'll get off to a nice start. I could see him having as many as five sacks. I just think whether it's blitz per tick up, pick up or just in general, like Van Fillinger, Jonah Ellis, Connor O'Toole, different guys, Samote Peppa from the interior, winning their one-on-one matchups and just getting into the backfield. Plus, I think there could be some coverage sacks too. This has been the one that's been discussed the most, right? Bucks, Florida fans, and just uh, people who didn't like that I said this, that Florida doesn't have anyone who scares me on the outside, which I then retracted that and said, it's just a flat out below average college receiving core, which last time I checked, when you don't have anyone in college football who, when you look at for this season, like, what they did last year, because that has to matter when we're looking forward still and being like, okay, how good they can be. I want to see a proven track record of success on the collegiate level. They have one receiver in Pearsall who I think is a good player, but wasn't even in the top 125 in receivers last year. And I know, I think Vele was in the top 125. I understand if they're going to say Vele doesn't scare us. Maybe he doesn't, but Brent Keithy definitely should, who easily would have been in the top 100 for receiving yards in college football had he stayed healthy based on the blistering start he got off to, especially against the Florida Gators. And I do think if he plays, he wasn't something I mentioned in the previous one. I just think having him and Cam healthy, especially is just going to be another big thing that this Gators team is going to struggle to defend because Brian Keithy is that level of a player where he's difficult and challenging to defend in general. So I do believe this Utah front seven will do a much better job of getting home and just making plays than they did last year. Mahmoud Diabate, I thought had some really nice moments for Utah last year. He got off to a rough start against Florida. He's in that infamous play where Anthony Richardson pump fakes and he just jumps. That's a play I expect Leovani Damuni to play, to make. Leovani Damuni has played the inside linebacker position at a higher level than Mahmoud Diabate did coming into his time at Utah. And then we know what Lander Barton, the flashes he showed, I expect him to pick up right where he left off. Karene Reed, he'll be his third year getting starts for this Utah team. He wasn't a complete starter back in 21, of course, but started games for them, started everything in 22, and then we'll start this year. He's going to be really good too. And then this secondary, even I just mentioned how these receivers don't scare me because either what they contributed last year wasn't a lot or they're just unproven and high recruits. This is a Utah defensive backroom that is proven. JT Broughton didn't spend the offseason recovering. He spread it working out. Zamaya Vaughn got even more comfortable at the corner position after leading Utah in pass deflections a year ago. And then you get a guy in Miles Battle with SEC playing experience, who I think as your third corner, I really like that. Or maybe even less than that, because then you get a Teo Johnson and a Smith Snowden. And I will be interested to see how like Teo and Smith, if they get a lot of playing time in this one, that would be a slight concern for me, how they're going to handle and do overall. But I just look at all these other areas. Utah's, the Florida will should be able to run the ball a little bit, right? When you look at Johnson and Etienne and their offensive line and run blocking, I think they'll have some success running the ball. But it's not going to be every drive. There's still going to be drives where they're in those third and long situations. And there's going to be times where they get stood up in the run game because this Utah defensive line is good. I think Utah's the advantage in the front seven. And I think Utah's secondary is better. And I do think they will get two interceptions on Graham Mertz in this game. That will be a huge difference, whether one is just Graham making a poor decision or being under pressure and ended up having an unfortunate turnover for the Gators as well. So like I said, I think they'll move the ball at times, but this is not going to be a great offensive performance. In fact, I'll say this and, Oh, I should check and see who Florida has on their schedule this coming season. But I'll say this outside of playing one of the Georgias or Alabama, because I don't remember if Florida misses them this year. I think they have to play Georgia if I'm correct. And uh, who knows, maybe Tennessee's defense will be better than I think. I think this could be the Gators worst offensive performance of the season because it's their first one on the road in a very tough environment where they're not used to the altitude. So I think this could definitely be the Gators worst offensive performance. I think they're going against a defense too. That is the potential to be a top five 
or top 10, I should say, unit in college football, especially. That's the talent level I think this Utah defense has the potential to reach. Florida ran for 283 yards last year. They won't get close to that. Will they maybe get over 200? Potentially. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll be in between that kind of 150 to 200 range because I think Utah is going to be ready and know that this Gators team wants to establish the run. And I think they got the bodies to be able to stop that because of the big physical dudes up front and the physical linebackers they brought in too. And look, will they have more passing yards than last year? Richardson didn't eclipse off 200 yards passing. Yeah, but I still don't think they'll get close to 250. I think it'll be like 225, 210, somewhere in there. Mertz will make some plays, but this Utah defense is really good and they're clicking. I think they're going to be clicking in this one. I really do think Utah is going to get off to a very strong start because of all the returners they have coming back versus all the new pieces that Florida is trying to work in. So I believe Utah has a slight advantage on offense and I believe they have a definitive advantage defensively that's going to help them get the win. And another thing that could help them get the win is the special teams additions that they've made this Utah team. I think when you're talking about Cole Becker, Pittman, and Vaki, who's the kick returner for this team, could all make plays and have moments for this team. And we're going to talk about why I believe in those guys so much in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. Learn and earn the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids looks to parents to become more financially literate. Parents don't always know the answers. Learn and earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can complete, compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app so it's you can play it anytime anywhere the more you play the more you learn and the more you learn the more you earn learn and earn part of ucc's award-winning be money smart youth banking program helping kids teens and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together uccu love where you bank all righty close this one out let's talk a little special teams i didn't really get a chance to preview the special teams unit but i'll just keep it short and sweet on the special teams unit. not just previewing them but talking about the impact they'll make in the first game um, shout out to Jordan Noyes, by the way. He was two for two in his field goals last year. But Utah will have a lot more trust in Cole Becker. He's the guy who can make field goals. He was four for six on field goals in between 40 and 50 yards. And he was one for two on 50-yard field goals. So if Utah was in that position where do we want to try a 45-yard Hail Mary for the win, like just potentially saying that's the situation, or do we want to have Becker kick it? They're going to trust Becker to kick it more than they would have last year where they would have been like, we don't trust our kickers. Let's just try to throw it and see what happens. Becker can do that. This Utah team trusts him. I think his leg is going to be a huge plus if they do ever stall in this game because I think he's going to be able to knock down field goals. Comfortable kicking in the altitude too, we know, after playing in uh, in Colorado as well, which is all, out, kicking in the altitude's always helped uh, kickers in general. Matt Prater had the longest field goal in NFL history for a long time. Uh, Justin Tucker, I think, just broke that two years ago, but uh, playing in Denver. So I do expect Becker to make a big impact in this one too. And also I think you can make an impact is Micah Pittman. I thought Devon Vele was a very safe choice. I, I liked him at the time as a punt returner, but just wasn't as explosive as Britton Covey. Pittman is not, maybe he won't be as good of a returner, returner as Covey, I expect. But I think he's got a chance to take one to the house this season. Showed a lot of promise at Wake Forest, against Wake Forest when he was with Florida State last year of returning a couple of big punts. I don't remember if he ever scored one, but I think he got close a few times. So I do think he's a more, I think just because he's going to be able to bring we know he's going to catch it. It's not going to be a turnover. Utah trusts these guys not to turn over. That's why they get back there. And he is a little bit more shifty than a Vele is, which you need to be as a punt returner. The best punt returners are really shifty. And Vele, that's not really his game, in my opinion. And Pittman and uh, Vaki are also part of the, or Money Parks and Vaki are also part of the kickoff return team. 
I think they could help you set Utah up past the 25, get him into the 30 to maybe even 40 range on a couple of kickoffs in this game too. Cause special teams is an area that can sometimes get off to a slow start. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I do expect Utah to be better in the kicking game. I think the punting game with a Bowmeister or Bowmeister, excuse me. I forget like another pronunciation off the top of my head. I think he's, he'll be even better this year for Utah. So kicking punting and the both return game aspects for Utah and their coverage and the ability to kick it out of the end zone on kickoffs is going to be pretty crucial for this Utah team too. So I think Utah special teams will get off to a nice start, and I think they will give them a boost against the Gators that will eventually help Utah get the win. But you know what's so great is we're almost done talking about it, and it's almost time to just play the dang thing. Game day is here tomorrow. When you guys are listening to my show tomorrow, you'll hear me and Brandon Olson will be back for Locked On Gators. We're going to do a little bit of a matchup preview because just talk about some of the stuff we talked about here, but just talk about more of the storylines, what we think about camp, give game predictions, say who's going to win, all that good stuff. It's going to be a great show. Me and Brandon going back and forth on tomorrow's Locked On Utes and Locked On Gators crossover. But once again, just appreciate all you guys for listening all off season long. By the next time you hear my voice, I will be previewing a football game the day of the game. And I know I cannot wait. I will say, if you guys are in the market for a second listen, I will also be doing one with Brandon Olson on the Locked On Pack 12 podcast. So make sure you guys join that one. Check out that one too if you are just hungry for more Utah versus Florida content. And uh, you only got a little bit more time to consume it, thankfully, because as I mentioned, very close to the game, kicking off and getting underway. And we'll be with you for an official preview on tomorrow's Locked On Utes. We'll see you then.